I know a lot of people are going to say this is fake, but I swear it's not. I got my best friend as a witness. This happened a few years ago when I was about 13. I'm 5'7 and about 125 pounds, so I'm pretty small, but I usually have pepper spray and a pocket knife on me. I'm embarrassed to say though, that in the excitement of exploration with my best friends, I forgot my pepper spray and knife. I love to explore and travel even, or especially, go to places I'm not allowed. So when I moved in, of course, one of the first places I explored was the train tracks. I had my best friend come over one day to explore the neighborhood with me, and we decided the train tracks was a perfect place to explore. We were walking for about an hour or two, but it was still light outside, and we had just passed a small neighborhood street, so we felt safe. But when I turned around to throw a stick, I saw five hooded figures following us from about 20 feet away. I tried to pretend I didn't see them and just told my friend calmly. We decided to look at them straight on and see what they would do. Once we looked at them, they stopped. So did my friend and I. We stared at each other for a few seconds, but it felt like hours. Finally, they made their move. Three of them went to the left and two of them went to the right. When we heard the sounds of the loud and fast footsteps, we finally snapped out of our trance and ran as fast as we could. We were both in cross country and we were being held together by adrenaline so we were able to run faster than we ever had before. Luckily, because I explored those same tracks alone a few days before, I knew that if we ran a half mile, we would be on a bridge above a small neighborhood. We somehow made it, no clue if we were still being followed or not. But out of fear, we jumped off about 10 feet down and kept running into the neighborhood until we finally saw other people. Then we slowly walked home, shaking and exhausted. Looking back, I regret not telling my parents, but I was scared that they would not let me explore alone anymore. But I didn't go back to those train tracks, and I never will. This happened to me about six months ago. My boyfriend at the time and I were sitting in the living room of my apartment when we heard a knock on the door. He asked if I was expecting anyone and I said no, but I would take a look just in case to see who was out there. He stayed on the couch while I looked through the peephole. The apartment was set up in a way that it didn't allow him to see from the living room to the front door. Outside there were two people, one African American man looked about mid-twenties and a much older Asian woman who looked to be in her 60s. For whatever reason, I decided to open the door. When I opened it, the young man said, Hi, we are part of so-and-so religion, and we would like to talk to you about it. I have a 50-pound dog who was trying to get outside, so I said, Sure, hold on, I'll come outside, because my dog is trying to get out. This is a huge mistake. I want to clarify that this was very out of character for me. However, I recently became closer to God and was wanting to give these people a chance as I didn't believe any harm would come of it just by listening to what they had to say. I step outside and close the door behind me and listen to them. They said something about how they prayed to Mary instead of God because she was the one who birthed Jesus. I don't exactly remember, but it was something like that. I thanked them for their time and then said something like, but thank you guys, stay safe out there. The Asian woman visibly starts panicking and says things that I don't understand in a different language. 
When I look at her partner to see what he has to say about her behavior, he says, No problem. Maybe you want a pamphlet, though. I reply, Uh, yeah, sure. Not wanting to be rude and also to do some research on the religion as I never heard of it before. The guy then says, Okay, great. We have them in the car. You can come with us. We're parked right in the front. This is when I start to feel weird. I lived on the third story of the apartment complex and was not really the best and there were no security cameras anywhere. Why would you leave the pamphlets in the car? If they're going door to door, it wouldn't make much sense to have each person they intrigued come down to the car. The woman grabbed my arm and started directing me to the stairs. In a split second I yelled, You know what? I'm a Christian and very happy in my faith, but thank you both anyways. The woman says something in her language again that I didn't understand, and the man goes, Are you sure? We can get it to you fast. We're parked right there. That my heart generally sank into my butt. I started sweating and looking for ways to remove myself from her grasp and the situation entirely. I know I must have looked panicked, and I was. What do I do? How do I get away from the immediate danger I just put myself in? I was thinking and just blurted out that I was sure, yanked my arm away from the woman who ended up scratching me in her grasp and bolted inside. I locked the door behind me and told my boyfriend what happened. That's when he looked at me with a face I'd never seen before in my life. He tells me about this religion that has been on the news for the last week because women have been going missing. And the one thing they have in common is some of their neighbors saying that they had been solicited by the group the same day or around the day of the neighbor's disappearance. I read some articles to fact check what he was saying and he was right. The police were saying it might be in connection to a sex trafficking ring that was moving from neighborhood cities and now we're suspected to be in ours. It gets weirder somehow. I seriously freaked out and went straight to Facebook Live to share with my friends because I wanted to warn whoever I could. I set the privacy to public after the live ended and went on with my live, still a bit shaken, but I was fine. One week later, I get a Facebook message from someone who is, I'm assuming, part of the religious group telling me that I needed to take the post down and they were not nice about it. After I said I wouldn't because I wanted to educate anyone who lives in the town, She told me I was a spoiled egg and I would regret making that video. I was scared and blocked her immediately, set the video to private, and called the police. The police said they couldn't do much about it, as they didn't have a maker model of the car that they were in, so there's no proof that they had came to my apartment or who it was. Here's the part that still freaks me out. When I went to show them the Facebook messages, I went to unblock the lady and her page was completely deleted. I still had the messages, but it was like I was talking to a little gray default profile picture. Even the name change is something that seemed to be random clicks on a keyboard. I want to end this by saying I'm working on not being such a trusting idiot with people. I know things I should have done differently and still get upset with myself of how stupid I acted. And so to the religious group or sex trafficking pair that showed up at my door and the Facebook lady. Whatever your motives were, let's not meet again. I don't know how to start disgracefully, so here goes. Or for sure if it belongs here, but it's downright creepy. I'm getting on a train to head home on the afternoon of October the 1st, 2019. 
About an hour's journey, the train is nearly full, and probably a few minutes after getting to my seat, a young woman, about my age, early 20s, sits next to me, probably due to the lack of space. For the first 30 minutes, it's uneventful, with no interaction between us. An elderly couple gets on the train, and she offers to give up her seat. I offer to do the same so they can both sit. The elderly couple thanks us for the offer, but declines and sits on the stairs. It's a double-deck train. I get up to go to the bathroom and return a minute later. She has moved into the window seat where I sat and offered it back to me. I said it wasn't necessary, but she moved back into her original spot anyways, and I sat back down in my window seat. She then uses this as a pretense to start a conversation with me and complimenting me on my willingness to give up my seat alongside her. We then begin to talk about our respective days, innocent enough. I was at a conference convention for my job and she was heading up to visit family and claimed to have lived in the area in the past. I know this was only a few days ago but my memory is really shot due to unrelated mental health issues I have in my life right now so this might not be perfectly accurate but it goes something like this. She ends up asking me where I was getting off. I tell her. She says she's also getting off there and asks how long until we arrive. I should have noticed this as a possible red flag in hindsight, but it could just be a coincidence or not familiar with the area anymore, as there was only a handful of stations the train stops at. I gave her my guess and told her I usually don't catch the train myself, so it might not be perfect. We kept talking about relatively innocuous stuff. We exchanged names. I won't mention names out of respect for her identity, regardless. She eventually asked where I worked. I told her I worked as a computer technician at a school. I work at a Catholic school, a detail I mentioned. She uses that as a pretense, as a way into religion. She asked me if I participate in any religious functions at the school, mass, holy communion, etc. And I tell her I don't actively participate in them and that I'm not religious. As I tell her, I'm religiously agnostic, leaning towards atheism. A detail I didn't mention, but I also mentioned that I was raised Catholic and went to Catholic secondary school. She then claims to be agnostic herself a few years ago until she found Jesus and led him into her heart, which she claims has been helpful with a lot of her mental issues that she was having. At this point, I'm just curious about her story. I will generally humor anyone as I like to hear about people's experiences and point of views as long as it's not directly hostile to a group of people. Knowing what I know now, I probably wouldn't have. I listened to her harp on about it, while she occasionally asked questions about me, like what worries me about life in general. During this, she gives me a pamphlet, and we continue discussing until I have to interrupt her. As we approach the station we are meant to get off at, she asks me to do a prayer on the bottom left of the front page of the pamphlet. I oblige her, and do it partially out of curiosity, as I haven't done it in a long time. Before we part ways, she asks me for my email. I tell her and she types it into her phone. I don't know why I did this, maybe because I hate disappointing people, or was curious, I don't know. I make poor decisions in my current mental state. We then hugged and part ways. On the 4th of October 2019, I get the following email. This reminded me about the encounter. 
Having already read the pamphlet, I read it again and I see the website mentioned on the back. After a little digging on the web, I notice the website on the pamphlet and it's affiliated with a family international, a religious cult that sexually abuses children and a whole lot of other things. I was just in shock and disbelief. I was questioning whether to reply to her email and quiz her about it. If I do, I'll update this post. But I'm kind of scared as she's emailing me, contacting my full name. Holy fuck, it's like she's trying to recruit me to this crazy cult. I'll be glad to not cross paths with her ever again. A little over three months ago, a man knocked on our door while it was just myself and my son home alone. I was working from home at the time, so my attentions were scattered between my son and my other responsibilities. It was in the middle of the day, so a knock on the door didn't appear suspicious, although it was definitely unexpected. Anyone who knows us will call us before arriving. Assuming it was one of our neighbors, I opened the door to a man that I didn't recognize. Mid-forties, slender, about five foot ten, graying hair covered with a beanie, with worn jeans and a dusty jacket. Hi, I'm Tom from Thomas Ministries. Wonder if you could use any prayer today. I'm a nice person, not one to rudely chase people off the doorstep without a reasonable cause. So I kindly declined and he went on his way. I watched out the window as he walked down the street, not stopping at another single house on the block. Seeing as we were the only house with the car in the driveway, I didn't think much of him picking our door to knock on. Fast forward a few months to last night around midnight. My husband is a night owl and is often up to 2 a.m. or so. Me and the toddler are fast asleep in our beds. Out of nowhere, the doorbell rings and then there's a knock on the door. Our dog barks and I wake up. Our bedroom is just off the living room, so I was able to lie there and listen to my husband as he opens the door. I overhear him telling the midnight stranger that we have a god. We're not interested and to leave in a much more stern and aggressive tone than I am capable of. After the door shuts, my husband enters the room a few seconds later and describes the interaction to me. The description and interaction matches the exact man I encountered a few months earlier. Except this time it's midnight and there's no ministry on this planet that would encourage door-to-door ministry in the dead of the night. My husband watches the man do the same thing as before, walk down the street, not knocking on a single door in sight. Now, I feel it's important to acknowledge the lack of judgment on our part. The door should have never been opened. We should have called 911, non emergency, and reported it. This was a mistake, and fortunately for us, it wasn't a deadly one. Lesson learned a thousand times over, and mistakes would not be repeated. Our house is protected and we are even more prepared. I sincerely hope that we do not encounter this man again. Thoughts of the East Area Rapist and Night Stalker documentary swarm my head and I think how easily things could have gone wrong. How easy it would have been for us to look past this and not recognize a sign of danger. Given that the first time he knocked it was just myself that answered, I can't help but wonder why he picked his house again to knock at in the middle of the night. I would like to think it's just a mental illness, but you never really know until you know, and I hope and pray that we never have a chance to.